You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul. Let's get to the show. Welcome back to From Sobriety to Recovery. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. I am in addiction recovery. Some amazing topics have been covered. It's okay to feel sad. Grief pattern inventory, understanding whether you're an intuitive or instrumental griever and just somebody who feels emotions like that in general. And then we did a two-part series on expectations being the leading cause of disappointment. And so today we're going to lighten it up a little bit. (laughs) Uh, For those of you listening linearly, then yeah, you're like, dude, you were talking about some seriously heavy stuff right before we roll right into Christmas. And because this can be a difficult holiday for a lot of us because of expectations that we had about previous holidays and what we would like it to be. And I mean, look, my girlfriend loves those Hallmark movies and that's some beautiful, beautiful stuff. And if life were a Hollywood movie, then yes, our days would end with joyous celebrations and everyone sitting around the fire and laughing and joking. And, you know, Grandpa wouldn't uh, be suffering from Alzheimer's and uh, Uncle Bobby Dylan boy homie over there wouldn't be on his third bottle of Jack. Like, <laughs> of course, if life were also uh, like the movies, then right in the middle of your Christmas, um, somebody might try to uh, break into your home and kidnap all of your family. And then you have to use your skills that you have adapted over the course of your life to then get them out of said danger. Or maybe you are uh, in a big city and you end up somewhere in a very tall building. And it could be called the Nakatomi Tower. I don't know. And next thing you know, you are running around in air ducts, uh, you know, pissing and moaning that you didn't have your shoes on whenever the terrorists showed up. Lots of things can happen if life's in a movie. And more importantly, because I have no idea how to segue from that little (laughs) tangent, is this idea of focusing on what is happening to us, with us, for us, in the here and now. And so today what we're going to talk about is focus. And I have literally written down five words for this episode. Let's see what they are. I will tell them to you right now. Kinesthetic, auditory, visual, and then I guess the other ones aren't words as much as they are phrases. Pull yourself back in and don't task switch. So let's get into this because I'm going to make this one short because I got some things going on. It's the Saturday of Christmas weekend, so let's have a good time. And if you're listening to this in the archives, congratulations on whatever day it is. Happy that day. So let's talk about focus because our minds will tend to want to wander off quite frequently when we want to accomplish tasks. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, The task could be boring us. The task could be complicated. Hell, a song can come on and just trigger a little tiny video in your head and then you're off in daydream land for 20 minutes and you've just cost yourself some serious productivity time. And for a lot of us, what we want to do is accomplish the tasks that are laid out in front of us so that we can move on to the next task or stop working all together. You know, for someone like me who often wakes up with Uh, not often. I wake up every day with one priority and four focuses. It's how I organize my days. And then, of course, I've got my calendar to adhere to and figure out what's going on with that. And then I converge them together and I create my day around that. And so like today, 
alarm hits at 9 o'clock, out of the house at 10, back home by 12, going to do some last-second shopping and wrapping paper and all that jazz, uh, get some wood out of the backyard, get the garage a little sorted out, start up the lawnmower so the carburetor doesn't get all weird like it did last year and cost me $100 to fix when all I needed to do was just start the darn thing once every couple weeks, and then come upstairs and write a bunch of blogs for a company that hired me to write their blogs. And so now I'm doing the show. So that was my day and it played out. And I was very focused throughout because I knew I wanted to have everything I could have done by 4 p.m. And so when you don't get home till noon and you do all those things that I said, you've got to maintain a certain amount of focus. And for you, your focus on what it is that's important to you equally, you want to be able to get done the things that you want to get done in order to move on to something different. And I'm not going to say fun or less fun because who knows. So let's discuss why being focused is so crucial. Uh, Time management, uh, your sanity, your self-care, your relationships, if you've got a task to do in, in order to get it done, that means that you get to your kid's baseball game on time or play or recital or whatever, or you get to the date on time, or you're just able to go downstairs and heat up some Chinese food from yesterday with the girlfriend and then, you know, turn on Mayor of Kingstown for a little bit. Oh, yeah, total sidebar. You don't even care, but I'm going to tell you anyways. I finally figured out two TV shows to turn on. Uh, Mayor of Kingstown on Paramount, and then uh, one called Rabbit Hole with uh, Kiefer Sutherland. I'm a huge fan of his from the 24 days, and because back in the day, um, people used to say I looked a lot like him, and I could see the resemblance. So uh, that and the fact that I think he was in this really cool movie called Flatliners back whenever I was a youngster, uh, that I really enjoyed that. So I did find two shows that were able to heal me from the depression I was in from the Travelers and the Good Place ending. So now you know that. Congratulations, more insight into Jesse's world that you never asked for. Some important things to note about what I just experienced as I was writing all of these blogs. And I had been creating them and formulating them all week. I had been laying them down. I had been rough drafting them. And it was time to actually get in, finish them up, get them into Grammarly, make sure that everything, you know, read correctly and was, you know, above a moron level because I tend to type fast and I'm not always clear about my sentences until I go in to edit them. So all in all, for the 12 blogs, it took three hours. And as I was in there, I started to notice certain things about my behavior that I would start to hear a song and daydream and, and go off into Jesse land and start making little music videos for it. I was checking my cell phone. I was um, looking at emails like while the software was doing what the software was doing. And it was actually costing me time at the beginning. So finally flipping the phone over closing up the, uh, the laptop and just focusing on the primary computer was huge. Because we have this idea that um, it's called multitasking. Somebody put this into our brains that this was a thing that we could do years ago. This was infiltrated into our skulls, and we began to think that this was a real thing. That while I'm you know, working on one thing, I can be checking email, or I can be texting and still there. It is not a real thing. I have read multiple articles on this, scholarly research that I've learned through my master's degree, that task... Uh, multitasking is not a thing. It's called task switching. We're switching from one task to the next. And multiple studies have been done that put the amount of time it takes for your brain to get back into gear into what you were originally doing 
anywhere between 10, 15, and 20 minutes. I did find a few that wanted to debate on whether you could get back into it if it was less of a brain important activity. Like if you went from, you know, texting over to editing photos, could your brain click back into that quicker? And while the data isn't clear, what it does state, all of them, is that your brain does not just homogeneously flow over. It's it's not something, it's like you go from this to that. Even if you put the phone down and you're no longer texting, your brain is still sort of winding that activity down while you've picked up the next. And there's still going to be about, you know, five to 10 minutes where your brain has to ramp back up into that original activity. And that's an opportunity for you to make mistakes. So it's very important that you notice whenever you're sitting in front of your computer, you're doing your thing, or you're wherever you're at work, whatever it is, that if you're task switching, that you're losing brain power on the primary task that wants to be done. So for me with the blogs, I just finally was like, okay, that's it. I just, no more task switching, just stay focused on what's happening. Even if it takes the software 11 seconds for me to save something and then for the screen to reboot, okay, then that's just the way that it is. But I'm not going to sit here and make sure that I'm trying to fill those 11 seconds with something when it's not beneficial. I'm not going to do anything in those 11 seconds. It literally was. I timed it out. 11 seconds between the time I saved it and for the whole thing to save into the system and then you know refresh the screen. It, what am I going to do in that 11 seconds? And at the beginning, before I closed all my other devices, what I was ended up doing was getting focused on the new thing, and then I wasn't coming back to the blogs for two or three minutes. Well, if you've got 12 blogs and you've got about 100 different times you need the system to save information that you've put into it, do the quick math and two or three minutes here or there 100 times could quickly turn into two, 300 minutes. I could still be in the middle of that project and it did not require that much time. So realize that when you turn your attention away from one thing that it could very easily get distracted for longer than you actually intended it to. So it's important that we're not task switching. Just stay focused on the task at hand. Be in the now. And I'm sure you're going to be able to find a thousand different hypotheses, hypothetical situations where you would say, see, Jesse, you're wrong. I can task switch. I have no interest in getting into a debate with you on the merits of your ability to task switch. You do you, man. I'm just simply telling you that enough studies have been done that there are certain activities that you just want to stay focused on. And if it takes 11 seconds for the screen to refresh, then I guess welcome to the world of having to wait a few seconds. Patience is not the act of waiting. It's the attitude that you have while you're waiting. And coming from a world where I remember the dial-up sound, It took like four days to upload a picture onto your computer screen. So waiting 11 seconds for information to literally be shot from my computer up into outer space, down to a server, back up into outer space, and back down to my computer, I think that merits 11 seconds. Let's all just take a chill pill. (laughs) The next one, pull yourself back in. When you do notice yourself floating away into la-la land, into daydream world, I've got to pull yourself back in, man. 
I'm serious to all y'all. And I had to do it so many times. It became a joke. Like I was like, okay, this is definitely getting brought up into the show because I do a song kicks on. I start making a little music video for it. Then I put myself in the music video. Now I'm dancing to the music. And then, you know, if I stay in the daydream, you know, a little bit too long, then there's dancing bears and there's hot air balloons and Garfield rolls in with like a cup of coffee and lasagna. And I'm like, what the hell? I <laughs> every single time. So you got to pull yourself back in. Why is this important? Because if you don't, then you will go off into daydream land for minutes after minutes after minutes. And then you're just, you're just really extending the amount of time it takes to get something done rather than just stay focused in it. And I'm going to tell you three awesome ways to stay focused in it right now and pull yourself back in. And that's where we get kinesthetic, auditory, and visual. Kinesthetic, in this terms, it's something that you do with your hands. It's something that you you can touch, something that you can feel. And the neuro-linguistic programming world, which is something I've been introducing you to for 260 episodes, kinesthetic is very much about the touchy feeliness of things. Now, feelings can be emotions. People can feel things deeply. That's kinesthetic. And it can also be the way that they feel things with their hands, their feet, their skin, it really encompasses the the whole thing from what you can grip and touch all the way to what you feel on the inside. How have I been utilizing kinesthetics? So my mind does like to wander. I have a very creative imagination. I don't necessarily blame it on all the LSD. I was like this as a child. I was always fidgeting, moving things around. Uh, my mom used to tell me, stop. You just, you're just you moving things around on the coffee table for no reason. I'd go in the kitchen, start moving things around. I'd reorganize the pantry on a Tuesday because why the hell not? Uh, I was constantly moving uh, my baseball cards around, touching them, rearranging my bookshelves. Like I just I fidget. I, my hands want to be doing something. So I have a deck of cards in my hand currently. I've also got one of those little spinner things, and I've got a whole basket full of little uh, kinesthetic things. I've got an alligator that's made out of like uh, spongy materials. I got a little brain made out of spongy materials. Ooh, there's another brain. I've got this one really cool thing that's got these little popper things in it, so you can pop these little rubber things back and forth on either side. Um, I've got, it looks like a little drone I got from somewhere. I've got these little um, sort of like these little balls that you can roll around in your hands. And I've got this little basket and it just sits right there by my laptop on my blue desk so that when my hands want to play with something, I've got plenty of opportunities to just grab these little kinesthetic toys and squeeze on them or roll the balls in through my hands. I realize the innuendo in that statement right now, but (laughs) roll with me on this. But right now I've got this deck of cards and I'm just sitting here and just shuffling them back and forth, split it in half drop one on top of the other, push them back together. Um, I've been doing this during coaching sessions. I can absolutely stay more focused during the coaching sessions when my hands have something to do. It's remarkable. I got a free deck of cards at a career fair thing I went to the other day to uh, meet with some business leaders and somebody gave me a deck of cards and I was like, okay, sure. And then I realized that they were so brand new, they were hard to do this, split the deck in half and drop one half on top of the other half. So then I just sat there and I just bended them. I just, for coaching session after coaching session, and you do two straight days at five hours a pop and all of a sudden the cards, they feel worn. They feel weathered all because I just had them in my hands and now I'm just sitting here doing this because if I don't have the deck of cards in my hands, 
then I grab a hold of the cord on my headset and I start wrapping it around my fingers and that causes a clicking sound in the headset, which then you hear when you're listening to the show. How is any of that stuff helpful for you to know? If you're someone who finds themselves wandering off in your mind and not staying focused on what you want to be doing, or you have a hard time not doing something with your hands while you're in the middle of a conversation or you're at your desk, find something that your hands can do. Get a hold of one of these little spongy brains or a little alligator. You've got stress balls that are available. If you're working in an office, this kind of stuff is probably readily available in your marketing department. You just go ask them if they've got any uh, stuff that they give away during career fairs or when they set up booths at places. I can assure you they've got something with your company logo on it. It could sit there right on your desk and you could fiddle with it whenever you're in the middle of a Zoom meeting that you're supposed to be focused on, but instead you want to have three tabs open more than likely one of them on Amazon. So (laughs) not only will this keep you focused, it'll save you some money too. See, look at that. That's why you show up for these shows. Um, The number two, um, auditory. And again, this is audio. This is things that you can hear. For me, I have to be very mindful of what kind of music I'm listening to. Because if it's something that my brain really wants to enjoy, or if there's lyrics that are really poignant and mean something to me, my brain's going to go off and create a little music video out of them. So I find songs that... Um, I, that have a very repetitiveness to them or that can I can just in general, if listened to 10, 15 times in a row, just sort of becomes a beat that my brain can work to. When I go and I look at my, let me see if I can, how fast I can open up my Spotify real fast. Where is my um, top played? There's my top for 2022. There's my top for 2023. Um, There's a song by Armin Van Buren called um, All the Love We Lost. There's another one called Fallen by Rothbone. Um, Sweet Tides by Thievery Corporation. At the River by Groove Armada. A Moment Apart by Odessa. I can listen to that song like 400 times in a row. And I don't even, it's like I don't even realize that it's repeating over and over and over and over again. Um, New Sky by Rufus DeSole. I've, this is definitely one. Here's an interesting one. Hunting, fishing, and loving every day. Now, what's so cool about this one? This is a country song, first of all, and I'm not much of a country person. My girlfriend certainly is, but I got into Luke Bryan because we went to a concert of his a couple years ago. And so I went into Spotify and just typed in, you know, the Luke Bryan and went to Luke Bryan Radio, and it's just his songs. And this hunting, fishing, and loving every day, that's the prayer that a country boy prays. Thank God for making this way, hunting and fishing and loving every day. <laughs> and I'll tell you, I listen to this song <laughs> I, I, to say however long it is and then just divide that by eight hours. I wrote an entire essay. I got on the computer at 9 a.m. on a Monday and did not stop writing that essay till 5 p.m. other than to get up and go to the bathroom and get some more water. And I listened to that song on repeat the entire day. I wrote my entire book, my first book, College Success Habits, The Seven Powerful Principles to Help You Excel in College and Beyond. I wrote that to Karen O's album called Lux Prima. And I listened to that album on repeat for um, six hours a day, five straight days. So find some music that's got a repetitive nature to it that gets your 
brain into the zone you want it to be in. When I want to work out, yes, I will put on Who's Afraid of 138, 138 beats per minute trance music. Or I'll put on some really good, strong, like grunge, like go back to like Nevermind or Pearl Jam's 10 album. You know, something that will get me into the mode of working out when it's time to read a really good book where I want to be focused on the words, then that's when I would turn myself over to Baroque, like classical music. And I would listen to some of the people who play music that's similar to that. Um, When I want to write, that's whenever I go to Lux Prima. I still listen to that album at least three, four hundred times a year. Anytime I need to write and I really just want to get into it, that's Lux Prima by Karen O. Uh, When I'm doing my research and it doesn't really matter if I'm focused too much, that might be where I start listening to some trance. That might be when I throw on that Luke Bryan guy, listen to some Weezer. Like There's certain music I have anchors for. I've said, okay, my brain's like, oh, this song's on. This is the task that we do when this song is on. And I'm very auditory. I love music, and therefore, I have music for everything, like a soundtrack to my life. There is music for anything that I'm doing. And so if you are also very big into music and auditory, be mindful that just because your favorite music is death metal or country or, I don't know, Spanish operas, there's going to be a time and a place for that music. You might want to keep certain kinds of music just for when you want to relax and you want to lay on the couch or when you want to just, you know, skim through social media, have certain music that you're listening to while you do that versus music that you're trying to listen to while you are doing an important task. Because if you're scrolling through social media while listening to your favorite band and then later you're also trying to write a very important paper to the same music, the brain isn't going to be able to create those anchors around the music and therefore you might have this floating off into Never Neverland kind of situation, whereas you could be using the music as a way to create anchors toward the activity you're doing. And then lastly, visual. When your eyes are switching back and forth from, you know, Instagram to TikTok to Facebook to, you know, scrolling on doom scrolling on Twitter, whatever it might be, and now you're trying to flip it back to your computer and do work, your eyes are just, they're all over the place. So have a point in your office, have a point in your room that you can focus on. In neuro-linguistic programming, we call this getting into hakalau, which is just looking straight ahead, bringing your eyes about 15, 20 degrees up, and finding a point that you can focus on that where everything starts to get blurry the moment you focus on it. And it's through this blurriness that you begin to expand your awareness around you so that it really, it's like, it doesn't just reach your peripherals. It's like you can feel the entire room that you're in. And once you've gotten yourself into this state, it actually, it makes it super easy to focus directly in on what's going on in front of you. So try Hakalau. Again, look straight ahead, bring your eyes 15 to 20 degrees up, find a spot on the wall about 10 feet away, or it could be further away, but 10 to 20 feet away generally works well with this exercise. And then just allow your awareness to expand beyond your peripherals. It's almost like if somebody were to stand outside of your office door, you'd be able to feel their presence there. And once you've gotten yourself into this heightened state of awareness, the focus actually is substantially easier. And then have something else in your office or in the room that when you start to daydream, you can look at and that becomes your anchor to get back into the present moment. We spend a lot, 
an inordinate amount of time, if you will, um, in our heads, talking to ourselves, daydreaming, singing songs, um, dancing bears and Garfield may not be your thing, but I'm sure you've got something that when you're off in Never Never Land, it's like, okay, bring it back. I just wasted 20 minutes, you know, daydreaming about a problem that's never even going to happen, but I, I want to have 50 solutions. If a zombie apocalypse were happening outside my office right now, how exactly would I react and what provisions would I want inside my office? I can go 20 minutes just daydreaming about that, but it's not helping me finish the project that's in front of me right now. So these are some ideas for you to stay focused. Think about what you can be doing with your hands, kinesthetic. Also be mindful of how your clothes feel on you. All right, if, you're, if your clothes aren't feeling right, they're a little too tight, or there's a tag on the inside that's itching, that's going to cause an annoyance, and it's going to take your mind away from the task at hand, and you want to be focused on what you're doing, because after all, the whole reason you're doing it is it's something you want to do. Be in the present moment. It's really fun to think about this stuff whenever I'm being physically active. I'm outside, you know, shooting some hoops or I'm on the exercise bike because when your body is immersed in something, it actually gives you an opportunity to either get really focused on how the body feels in that moment, exercising, getting that activity. And if it's a repetitive task, like showering, brushing teeth, walking down the street, driving a car, the mind can just float away. And when it does that, it's not present. It's not aware. And in a vehicle, you know, a split second could be all it takes to rear into car versus being able to stop seven feet away from their bumper in perfectly safe conditions. So when we're not present, we are actually putting ourselves at harm's way. How many times have I seen people crossing the road, texting on their phone? Like, I get it. The light's in your favor and everybody has stopped, but you're still walking across a road. Like, there is a humongous opportunity for something to go awry substantially more than if you're standing on the sidewalk. So be present. Be aware. Look around at your surroundings. Find, uh, I call this the five, four, three, two, one. What's five things you can see, four things you can hear, three things you can feel, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. And you can touch, taste, sight, sound, smell in different orders for that. So if you're at a restaurant, it might be what are five things you could taste? What are four things that you can smell? What are three things that you can hear, two things that you can see, one thing that you can feel? It can be maneuvered around however it works for you, but it's a great opportunity to get focused on what's happening in the moment. It can help you reduce cravings. It can get you out of your head so you stop listening to that little devil inside of you trying to justify behaviors you've already said that you're sick and tired of you know, allowing yourself to do. Bringing yourself back into focus gets you in the moment. And whether it's a deck of cards in your hands or a really cool song going on or just a mantra that you say to yourself or just simply closing your eyes and seeing into your future how proud of yourself you'll be when you finish the blogs or you get the house clean or you maneuver through this craving for the next few minutes and come out on the other side saying, okay, all right. Just like any emotion, a craving can just be put on the sailboat, put into the river and whoosh over the waterfall. Focusing ourselves up in sobriety and recovery has so many benefits, and I've listed off a ton just now. But if nothing else, one of the coolest ones that will come from it is that people will sense that you're more self-aware. They'll sense that you're actually paying attention to them, and they'll feel more connected to you in the moment when you're having conversations with them. It is an absolute gift 
to have one another around to support each other. Don't you want to show up 100% available to those people when they're in front of you? Put that to thought this holiday season. When we get around those that we love, let's be with those that we love. Because someday they may not be around. And we all know what it feels like to ruminate on lost opportunities to share moments with people who are now, you know, distant, almost vague memories of who we used to be. Not everything about our past was a nightmare. A lot of good stuff happened back there. And as much as I enjoyed my 20s and partying down with all my boys and all my friends from work and whatnot, I'm not around any of those people anymore. And I barely talk to 90% of them. So be in the moment. Share these moments that you're having. You know, I'll close on this. You know what's super interesting is oftentimes that the memories that we're always seeking to hold on to the tightest are actually activities that we're participating in right now. So once in a while, when you get into one of those really amazing experiences, I want you to look around and be like, oh my goodness, I'm actually creating a memory right now that I will cherish and I will forever be happy I was a part of. And when you notice those things, anchor that in, embrace it, love yourself, look at the people sharing it with you and be like, these are the moments that we are working for. This is where all the hard work and effort pays off. I can promise you. It is a dream when you experience those moments and you're actually still in them. As always, my friends, inclusivity over exclusivity, the power of positive energy, release and flow. Every day is the best day of our lives when we wake up sober. Shout out to Sunshine and Robert. I will see you tomorrow. Glow on. Bye-bye. 